Hey, hey everyone. Welcome to Home Energy Design. How to design a beautiful home and life and make sure it's energy aligned. I'm your host, Amanda Gates, and I'm an interior designer and feng shui practitioner. And these combined skills have made me a floor plan reading expert. Energy design is like astrology for your home and your life. And who doesn't want more of that? I believe in all things pretty. In fact, my team and I love the pretty. But what makes my firm different is that we can help you create designs that are also energy aligned to help you get the home and life you've always dreamed of. Are you ready? Let's do this. Hey, hey everyone. Welcome to Home Energy Design. I'm your host, Amanda Gates, and today I'm going to teach you about the power and the importance of the red envelope tradition and why the hell we even do it. But before we dive into all this amazing, delicious uh, education about feng shui and its practices, I want to remind you to subscribe. If you like the show, we want to hear from you. If you don't like the show, we especially want to hear from you. Um, Remember, we will threaten you with cat videos. Lots of really, really cute cat videos. And maybe even a picture or two of Winnie Pooh and Harley too. All right, so I wanted to do this show about the red envelopes. I've actually been wanting to do this for a while, and our producer, the show itself, got so stacked so quickly and kind of like went off on its own, uh, and really the popularity of the show has been amazing, so thank you for all my listeners, and thank you for making this show incredible. Um, I've been doing this show actually for years. I started it originally in 2011, just, I don't know, kind of as a hobby. And I wanted a platform or an excuse to reach out to really freaking amazing people and say like, hey, I'm a fangirl. Come on over to my really uh, cool podcast. Uh, And lo and behold, everybody would say yes, it was the coolest thing ever. But then last year we hired a PR firm and they like put this freaking thing on steroids and we're like, well, we're going to like give this sucker a purpose and you're going to teach and do all these things and it's going to be weekly. And we were like, holy cow, (laughs) we didn't know if we could do it, but it's been amazing and we've loved all the feedback that we've been getting from y'all and and we've loved all the, the amazing emails and just all the support that we've gotten. So Without knowing that it was going to take off as quickly as it did, the the show was usually booked out about six to nine weeks in advance. So it's hard to, you know, I often will get inspiration uh, either from a client or something that's going on here in the office. I'll get inspired to do a show and I've got to wait because the producer already has all the shows stacked up and things are scheduled and recorded in advance. And so it can be hard to have like an immediate inspiration and be like, oh my God, we're going to do this. And then it's like, but it's not going to get scheduled until next year. (laughs) Well, not quite that far, but At any rate, I have been wanting to do a red envelope one for a while now. So I'm glad that we're finally able to kick this off. Um, It's, you know, I feel like this is one of the most misunderstood practices that practitioners do. And it's also the most ridiculed. And so there's so much uh, that should be honored about this and, and so much that should be respected about it. And because it's so misunderstood, I feel like 
Um, the tradition is getting lost. And so I wanted to take this platform and this opportunity to really educate you on what it is, why we do it, and of course, why it matters. One of the reasons I was inspired to do this is not only is it misunderstood, and, and we often have to explain this to our own clients, because here in America, um, feng shui isn't as highly regarded as it is in China and in other cultures. In fact, in other cultures, feng shui is so highly regarded that feng shui practitioners are highly respected and people don't question things and, and they really honor practices such as the red envelope. Here in the States, not so much. I was actually uh, at Kripalu last summer and I took an amazing uh, energy course and I have been in you know feng shui for many many years and the red envelope is uh, a custom that practitioners receive from people as reverence and so I went to this amazing class and I wanted to show this energy teacher reverence and I gave her a red envelope and she said that she would not accept it because it signified to her that she was beneath me. Uh, whoa! She clearly did not understand this time-honored custom, and she didn't understand what it meant to me. And here's the thing. If you've listened to my podcast about the art of intentional gift-giving, this really ties into that idea. When somebody gives you something with reverence, whether it's misunderstood or not, if it is their belief system that it is of something to be respected and it shows reverence to them and it shows gratitude towards them, be kind, be compassionate. Her words to me that she would not accept it because she didn't believe in it and she didn't feel it was important was highly disrespectful to me because I had done it out of great reverence for her and I wanted to show her that for the week that she was teaching, I had much gratitude for her. So I was really disappointed in the way that that went down, but that's why I have this platform so that I can come around <laughs> and share with you my listeners who will look at this differently, hopefully. So let's dive in. There are many things to consider when it comes to this art of feng shui. And I should say really quick, this isn't going to be a long drawn out podcast today. This is going to be a, a short little quick one. So this will be great if you are going for a quick walk with the dog or something like that. This will be a, a great one to, to flip on. But back to the normal broadcast here. So there's a lot of things that we want to take into consideration when it comes to feng shui. And on one hand... It's really a mystical science. And on the other, there's this real intuitive artistry to it. It goes way beyond the logical. Remember that show that we did where I was talking to you about the Shushar versus the Rushar? So the Rushar is the real logical stuff. And the Shushar is pretty much where I live. It's all that illogical, unexplainable. It's all the, the woo-woo stuff. And my school requires learning not only the ramifications of design details within our environments, 
but it also requires this great intuitive understanding of human chi and how that chi is affected and molded by our environment. And this is a prime example of this relationship between yin and yang. You have to have one to have the other, right? It's, that's what creates balance. Without one, you don't have the other and vice versa. A devoted practitioner understands the power of energy or chi and then cultivates their intuition and inspiration through meditation, ritual, and ceremony, and the like. And this is where that artistry really comes in and takes years, folks, years to master. This is not something that you can just, you know, pick up in a weekend course. I hear this a lot where, you know, people will, you know, take a, a class or read a couple of books and you'll, you'll just scratch the surface to all the amazingness that feng shui has to offer. And I was recently working with, uh, this is a great example of what I'm talking about. I was recently working with a client on a plan in California and her name is Leslie. Hi, Leslie. Uh, she listens to the show all the time. And at first glance, her plan looks pretty damn difficult. You know, uh, her property was really busy and difficult and her house was really busy. I mean, get this. Her home requires her to park at the bottom of a hill. She then has to walk up 44 steps and then continue up a path that is more than 100 feet to then get to an additional 20 steps that goes down a hill to get to her front door. Sounds pretty complicated, right? So again, she has to park at the bottom of a hill, walk up some steps, then continue walking up a path, and then walk down another path to get to her front door. So when you hear that, you know, with her home, many practitioners may approach this and say, oh my God, this sounds really difficult. This sounds really complicated. This is not good feng shui. But here's the thing. A seasoned practitioner knows that there are a lot of facets. There is a lot to be taken into consideration when it comes to something like this. Most importantly, what we always say here in the office, chi first, energy first. So questions always must be asked before conclusions are made. You cannot jump the gun. And this is where a green pea may make mistakes, or I call them green peas, but somebody who's new to the field or, or you know, just getting into it. And hey, remember, I was here too. I wasn't always a, a seasoned practitioner like I am now. Back in the 90s and, and the early 2000s, when I think back to some of the things, like some of the adjustments that I learned and how I approached them, oh, good Lord. But the most important thing is sincerity. That's what we've always been taught. So <laughs> go into it with sincerity. But when you approach something like this as a practitioner, you know, you have to ask a lot of questions and you have to really define what's really going on with the chi or that energy. So many factors have to go into it. So 
First and foremost, questions. Does she find this home difficult? Is she experiencing issues? Or perhaps, perhaps she's quite pleased with this home. I mean, think about it. It might overlook a beautiful, amazing, gorgeous valley that takes her breath away. And it's worth every one of those steps. Up the hill, down the hill, it could be worth every step just to get a glance at that amazing, beautiful, glorious view. And you don't know. And that is not up to you to make that assumption until you start asking those questions. And so many factors have to go into reading that chi or the energy of any place that you help, any place that you uh, are doing a consultation at. So topography has to be considered, the home location, how it faces, what it faces, the shape, and then of course the occupants and the actual environment and, and, you know, really paying attention to the details that are within their floor plan, you know, and then of course places that they work, places that they go, the people that are around them. There's a lot that has to be taken into consideration. And the thing is, is that understanding those ramifications of those design details, that is just the tip of the iceberg. It is up to the practitioner. It is up to me and my cultivation of intuition that really brings the true richness to a feng shui consultation. And that goes for any feng shui practitioner. There are many influences that affect our life course. Things like luck, destiny, karma, even education. That makes feng shui only one part to that small equation. But here's the really cool thing. And this is why you want to understand feng shui and have your home feng shui'd. By enhancing the feng shui, you boost your chances of helping the other four. Pretty cool, right? You know, we can't really control luck. We can't really control destiny. But we absolutely can control karma. We absolutely can control education. And we absolutely can control our feng shui. You know, you do come into this life with karma from other times. But you do have control over karma of this life. And that's pretty cool if you think about it. So mastering feng shui requires many, many years of training, study, experience, and cultivation of self. And that's the most important part that I have found is the cultivation of self. You can learn the facts, that black and white, all damn day. But it's the cultivation of self where the magic really unfolds. Along with mastering and understanding, you know, chi and and how it is flowing correctly or hindered in a space. And as many of my listeners know, I've been doing this for 20 years. I've been doing this for 20 years, and I still work under a grandmaster. And the reason is, is because this is considered a mini lifetime education. Even after 20 years, I am still learning. I, I learn new things every day. And here's the really cool part about that is that I may have learned something five years ago, but today, 
when I look at the information or I approach it from a, a different perspective or there's a new client that's attached with it, it may look and feel and be completely different. That is the beauty of feng shui. So qi is the unifying principle of all things. It's how it circulates around the earth, how it circulates spaces, how it circulates within us. That is the most important thing. It is the core of what feng shui is. And it's what molds the human experience. Qi must flow smoothly through our spaces and through us in a balanced way. It has to. Because if it doesn't, then it shows up as blocks in our life. And it can manifest personally in us and change our personal state in really unbalanced ways. There's a particular person that I have in mind that's pretty darn big in our culture here in the States that I would say is absolutely unbalanced. But that is a whole other podcast. But things like choked chi, porcupine chi, bamboo chi, these are all personal states where the chi doesn't flow correctly. So the ultimate goal is to use this mystical tool called feng shui to better analyze, harmonize, and improve chi, whether that's within our own personal state or that of our environment. So this brings me back around to the red envelope. If you feel like we went out into the weeds there for a minute, we're circling back around. I swear to you, I have a point to all this. So I wanted to bring up the information around the feng shui and why it matters. Why the red envelope matters. Because I do have a point. <laughs> so the question then is, what the heck is a red envelope? Why do practitioners ask for them? Why are they important? And why does it matter? So here's the thing. It takes many, many years to master feng shui, right? We were just talking about that. Well, guess what? I'm not the first one to learn it. There have been a lot, a lot of masters before me perfecting and carrying this mystical wisdom forward. Without them, I would not be here. It's because of them that I can proudly call myself a practitioner. I would know nothing without their work before me. I would know nothing if they had not carried this stuff close to the chest and carried it forward. They wrote this stuff down. I would not be here without them. The red envelope is a sacred tradition in Chinese philosophy that is given to the expert for their wisdom. This ritual of exchanging an envelope to your practitioner expresses respect and sincerity. But it also starts an energetic process of opening you up to the possibility to receive those miracles. And don't we all want miracles? The red envelope goes much, much deeper than just that, though. An exchange of a red envelope is joyful reverence for the teachings not only offered to you by the expert that you work with, but it says thank you to her 
and those before her or him, whoever you're working with. So think about that. You're not only giving that red envelope to the practitioner that's in front of you, but that shows the predecessors, the ancestors, that they matter. The folklore behind the tradition is that this mystical wisdom was held very close to the chest. This information was highly, highly regarded. Think about it. This is like bottling miracles. So if it's misunderstood and not highly respected, of course they are not going to just throw this stuff out like confetti, right? It's not like it's fairy dust that people are going to be like, and you get one, and you get one, and you get one, like Oprah would do. It was said that, you know, if these heavenly secrets were revealed, there was a punishment that would be given to those that shared it. So for example, like think about this. If you're in the middle of like New York City and you see someone that's being mugged on the street and, you know, you step in to help them, what could possibly happen? The person that was getting mugged may run away and then you may be the one that gets hit, harmed, or wounded, right? So it's also said that negative spirits can also cling to the practitioner because they're there to remove them. So there's some mystical stuff here as to why we do it. But the red envelope is also meant to protect the practitioner with the money that was offered. So in feng shui, you've got the red part, which is the color of protection. And then you've got this other part, which is the exchange of the money inside the envelope. And I think that's the part that's highly misunderstood. That's the part that's ridiculed is because money has always been given within the, in, inside that envelope. So here's the, here's the most important part. If you've been tuning out, pay attention. The money that is provided has absolutely nothing nothing to do with monetary gain or greed as many I think fear or or think that it is the coins or paper money that's added to or inside this red envelope is for the weight the money adds weight power and safety to the exchange so you know you put the money in there and you give it to your practitioner and then it's exchanged and so what happens is is you are then giving that energy to the practitioner. Now, remember, you have to be open-minded. You have to be excited. You know, you're showing reverence, right? So think about how damn excited you get when you find a dollar on the ground. It's only a dollar. But we still get excited, right? This is no joke. David and I were in the car about a year ago, and we were on this busy road. And I yelled at him to pull over on the side of the road like a complete crazy person. The road is so busy. Cars are flying by. I mean, you know, we nearly get killed just him trying to like get over to the side of the road. Why am I freaking out? Because I saw a $10 bill on the side of the road. Now, (laughs) it's a $10 bill. But here's the thing. We get excited around the energy of money. There's something about it, right? It's something that we have to work for and strive hard for. And so when it's just out in the open like that, we get excited about it. That is the energy. That is the power around what money is. But here's the takeaway. 
the exchange of a red envelope to your practitioner does three very important things. Number one, it opens you up to the idea of miracles and mysticism. It shows that you are ready and willing to do the work. That's important. Your practitioner is then honored and shown reverence for her time and her effort and the years that she has put in to carry forth this sacred knowledge. And you got to remember, it's also for the shoulders that she stands on from those behind her or before her. The money, the energy of the above the cross emotion of reverence, of joy and gratitude is then paid forward to someone that's in need. So think about someone who's really down on their luck. What do they need the most? They need an infusion of high-powered, delicious chi that's vibrating at a frequency of love, joy, gratitude. I mean, think about it. That, those may be emotions and a frequency that they are not able to tap into because of their current state. That is amazing and powerful, folks. If one red envelope can do all three of those things, Jesus, holy criminy, we could change the world. That's why this red envelope is so important. And that's why the exchange of the red envelope needs to be done for your practitioner. Now, I will say that not all practitioners donate their monies. But here at the Gates team, in the Gates office, all of the money that's given to us in a red envelope is seen as a donation. And we pay that forward. We always do. We have several fantastic local charities that we love here in Nashville. And that money is always a small token that we carry forward to my years of mastery in feng shui. I feel like that is my karma that I can then carry forward and give to somebody who really, really needs it. I feel like that is a great use of my wisdom um, and my ability to change my karma, but really help somebody who needs that infusion. Holy cow, if I can get excited over a $10 bill, I mean, think about people who really need it. You know, I mean, there are folks here in Nashville that can't even afford to buy socks and underwear. So your donation that you give, whether it's a, a penny to a quarter to a couple dollar bills to we've had a couple people give us a hundred bucks. I mean, that buys a lot of socks and underwear. So I will leave you with this. So Professor was quoted as saying that it is not about your time or your effort that matters, but it is your karma that matters most. You leave with nothing except your good deeds. So how can you use your wisdom to give back in big ways today? Thanks for listening today. I am so happy for all of you being here. I am your host, Amanda Gates, and I want to thank you for listening to Home Energy Design. If you have questions or comments, reach out to us. You can reach us or find us at Let's Chat at the Gates Company. Dot com And be sure to subscribe on iTunes, uh, leave us a comment, because hey, 
it's good karma. <laughs> All right, everyone, trust the vibe because the energy doesn't lie.